welcome to Life Bearings, where three Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And I'm Lena Newman. And <laughs> this <laughs> is Life, life Bearings. Brittany, why did you laugh at me? I laughed because <laughs> we could never say it on time and now there's three of us. So it's yeah. Oh my God. So it's just, <laughs> it's there's no worse. way we'll ever it's get it. <laughs> because life is hard. So bear with alcohol. Or music, or artwork, or Disney Plus. Yes. Or whatever you want. <laughs> whatever. You want. Throw yourself down the mountain of ice head first with a tiny sled underneath you and try not to die. Also, curling. SJ's life pairing <laughs> is Winter Olympics with Gatorade. Mm. Ooh, we discuss uh, t shirts, <laughs> brain development, and push cart derbies. Ooh, brain development. Oh, yeah. That's we're exciting. talking brain yeah, development. That's, it's, uh, that'll be interesting. Nice little... Yeah. I know. Um, not that I don't... Hey, listener. Not that I don't always do <laughs> my homework, <laughs> but sometimes I do it more than other times, so I'm really excited about this one. And um, to be fair, like up here in Canada, Winter Olympics, that's the that's the sport. That's yeah. the That's the Olympics. We enter summer, and it's fine. Yeah. But I was talking to my friend... At my friend from Pakistan and she was telling me she I was like what are you excited about in the winter olympics she's like uh you know that pakistan's pretty warm huh <laughs> like we don't have a lot of contending athletes in the winter olympics so just kind of making right. fun of me which i was yeah. laughing so hard at i was like yeah that's how we feel about summer olympics like and then mm-hmm. i started thinking about it and then i was like you know like we have pools but for some reason we're not swimming often enough no. to make it you know like but, I suppose yeah. Winter Olympics is maybe a little bit more of a, a like um, it's not for the the countries that don't have a lot of money, I guess, because there's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of like yeah. costs a lot of money to do stuff. Yeah, costs sure. a lot of money to do stuff. Like just, yeah. I mean, honestly, to be in the Olympics at all, you'd be shocked at the costs. Actually, Lena and I went to school with a, a gal, and then I let I met up with her like a couple of months ago. Her brother owns a brewery that I was performing at. It was actually very, very funny, but she has been headed to the Olympics for like eight years, and she was telling me about all the 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 costs associated with like training and putting yourself up, and you basically have to make it happen. Like you have to like raise just like a quarter of a million dollars every year to do it. Like right, it's so not... much money. Yeah, it's like a full time job. Well, other than the training is, is yeah, the raising like money. Because like, do you just... win money? I guess you win money, but that doesn't necessarily mean. Yeah, I don't even. Well, yeah. You gotta get about, there first. The whole thing about the Olympics is you're. I mean, sometimes there's some sports that are different, but like, it's it's an amateur contest. Right. You're so not you're a not... professional athlete. Sometimes like the NHL being in it and stuff was like, well, these are like million dollar athletes. But yeah. a lot of people, uh, most people who are just like swimmers or yeah, losers or like that kind of stuff, they're raising mm-hmm. money for track time for food and room and board and trainers and training facilities. It's crazy. It's so much money. 
Yeah, it's a lot. And then you've got to um, enter all these contests before mm-hmm. the Olympics, so you can even qualify, yeah, right? and that's so all over like... the world, so you might have to go to Sweden or... Yeah, so you're yeah, racing you're Honestly, like, uh, it's crazy. Like, sometimes, like, she was telling me, um, oh, I just lived, I had to live in, like, Berlin for this amount of time, and then I had to go over to Austria and live there for this amount of time, because that's where the training facilities are, and that's where the best coaches right. are, and that's where the... Like it was, I think she, and she was a biathlete, so I think it was, like, um, the shooting and skiing and something else, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, actually, it, it well, it was, in, um, right? it was horseback riding, shooting, and... Oh, okay, and, oh, it's a totally different thing. But, yeah, like, yeah, a, it's a... It's one of... A, yeah, a multitude of, those, of sports. Of Pretty crazy, though. Mm. But, yeah. What's uh, your guys' really favorite cool. winter Olympic sport? so hard (laughs) i know it's tough i do i love the figure skating even though i can't skate and i haven't skated in 20 years you Um, are big you know all the things and i would never want to do it but i do like to watch the figure skating i like the women's hockey it's my favorite and then um the mixed doubles curling has become that's a newer that's a newer entry and that's become one of my absolute favorites too so um but you know what I love about the Olympics? I'm yeah, sorry, I like curling. Go. Wait, what's your favorite? Oh, uh, I like curling and a lot of the sled stuff. So like, yeah, the luge, the skeleton, and the yeah bobsledding. <laughs> Carla and I were actually we were watching the um, the yeah. mono bob. It's just one night. person. Oh, I saw. The- yeah, <laughs> I was watching. Yeah. we we were tied for third or something. Then we came in fourth. Is that what happened? Yeah, I mean it's a it's. There's a lot of hitting on the side, which I thought was like not a good thing. Yeah. But apparently, like if you're going fast enough, that's okay. Oh my if god! If you hit the side of the track, right? Yeah, you kind of think like you're like, oh, they're all making mistakes, but it's like, no, they're all gonna hit the side. They're they're going like 120 clicks an and hour. It's much lighter. <laughs> yeah. Down like yeah. an ice. Yeah. Mono Bob, what a great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. It sounds like a haircut. Um, <laughs> yes. Sounds like the. It does. It sounds kind of silly, but I, I yeah, it enjoyed fun. it. I thought it was good. Somehow it's less weird than like the yeah, two or four man yeah, bobsled. It makes a more sense. Um, it kind of does. Like, so, uh, what yeah, do you, I enjoyed uh, that. What's your, what haircut do you get? Ah, uh, I got the Rachel. Me? Mono Bob. I was going to say, I really enjoyed the sports I don't get to see very often. Mm-hmm. And I realize every time the Olympics is on, how much I just love sport. Like how much I enjoy yeah. watching competition. I love every everything. Like you could plot me in front of the TV in front of any sport, and I'll sit and watch it. Yeah, when it's like at this high of a level, and it's something that you don't normally get to see, it's actually really exciting because I feel like you start to learn the rules of something you would never know about. Yeah, and then like five minutes in, you're a fucking expert. Yeah, one thousand. You're like, oh. Yeah, and you know everything about like, this. Oh, look at that! That uh, he put too much weight on his foot there. Damn, <laughs> my um, my friend who <laughs> what uh, an idiot. I have a friend. Uh, his name was Andrew Albert, fantastic comedian, passed early uh, this year. But he had the best joke. What is it about the Olympics that just like you're watching, and you're like, oh, she's coming in, she's doing a jump, oh, triple sow cow into a perfect. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, she fell. Oh, your country hates you. You've devastated <laughs> the whole country. You're a loser. 
oh yeah you're like we're the best and then yeah someone's i'm the opposite i'm like i'm all for i'm like oh sweetheart it's okay it's okay sweetheart like even if they're from a country that i don't even know the name of i'm like no oh my goodness she's gonna be so upset (laughs) and lena and i were talking about this last night because we've had two now olympics that are covid olympics that's right And usually i'm right in there i'm crying Mm -hmm. um i did cry at an ad last night uh <laughs> <laughs> carla was crying at like a visa ad or something oh no what? it might have been like a tim hortons totally. ad honestly it was, um i looked over and carla's bawling her eyes out and i was like, like yeah. jesus like, yeah, yourself but together. <laughs> it was it was sweet though i guess i just have a black card yeah. um, it was, it was kind of a nice ad but it, Anyways, it's not as emotional as it is usually. I think we were trying to figure mm-hmm. out why that is. Potentially, it's because like the families aren't there. There's no fans. It's yeah, the fans. It, well, I this this is a thing that it's like yeah, there's no like no. big yeah. eruption in the crowd. You know, when something good happens, it's just there's no one there. And it's also no, Sorry, no, no. Brittany, no. It's like that's what it is though. It's like the fans <laughs> are the biggest part of things. Yeah. You can't just perform to nobody. It's nothing. It's like that's. Yeah. I went even. I went to a hockey game, and it's half the fans. You're not allowed to drink, and you're not allowed to yell, and you're not allowed to take your mask off, in like an arena. I was like, well, why don't we all just hang ourselves from the rafters then? Because this yeah. is <laughs> like. I was like, yeah, like this is sounds depressing. Boring. I was like, it was, and that's like what the stands sort of look like in these events. Because you're just like, oh, like normally, like the ski slopes are like lined by like thousands of people yeah. that are just like freezing and drinking coffee and cheering <laughs> and yeah it's like this whole like collective yeah if we've learned nothing uh, else about this pandemic we are we are uh <laughs> it, turns out it, sucks. it doesn't feel I good to like do it. stuff by yourself <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah um why don't you tell us a little bit of the psychology oh boy um lots <laughs> lots of stuff yeah. well this is pretty interesting. So I was talking to, I wasn't talking to, I was listening to, uh, I, I have a lot of ins at the uh, University of Denver uh, psychology oh, yeah. department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call them up. <laughs> no, I was listening to an NPR um, uh, interview with a fellow named Mark Onagi, and he's the uh, director of psychology at the University of Denver. And he was talking a little bit about how mentally exhausting being uh, an athlete of this caliber is um oh, so I can't that's kind even of the, imagine that's kind of the road i went down um just with i mean because i because i think we all know why we like the olympics or why it's like exciting to us and it's because we're celebrating you know the our country and our it's, a, it's the same reason we like any sport so i went down the path a little more of what are these athletes going uh, through and um yeah because I have to say, I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand how people are getting up at 4.30 in the morning every day and this is what they're doing. Well, you, you first I can't even to... understand people getting up at 7.30. So, I don't, yeah, I'm very interested to hear. <laughs> yeah, to... I can barely get up at 8 to get to my office down the hall oh my God. at 8.01. So, yeah, I don't I literally understand. I have moved to Vancouver to try uh, for one month to try and um, light a fire under my ass so that I get up before 11.30 and... <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, it's been a week and it's not happening. So um, <laughs> I also don't understand it. Um, but here's the thing. Like, these people are, are just, you know, it's, it's just like a, a, a 
truly it's a genetics thing it's like a where who you are what you like what you're comprised of some people just have an incredible amount of drive like right you know, more than others and these are the people that are going to be olympians <laughs> it's like it's not going to be us it's going to be these people <laughs> we um, hear the podcasters that talk about them yeah and we're like they do the thing yeah and we're like can you guys get out yeah. up at noon i'll try <laughs> uh, we were I mean, all I eating guess. our breakfast Ugh. on the podcast 15 minutes before we're like, yes, I'm we tired. it's 12 30 on a sunday it is 12 30 on a sunday so what i kind of was looking at or listening to uh with this was that my biggest thing was like how do you mentally prepare for such a daunting task with so much pressure on you like an entire country sort of like sitting behind you and cheering you on And the answer is just an incredible amount of, like, mental preparedness. They are constantly with sports psychologists and therapists. And it's something that they have to just be so aware of. And because, so, Mark Onagi was saying that there's a difference between mental health and mental wellness. So, what they're striving for is mental wellness. Because... Elite performance is not mentally healthy for anyone. Right. He was like, it's actually the most mentally unhealthy thing. Because you're pushing your body in a way that it's not designed for, really. Uh, You're pushing your... You're basically alienating everybody and everything just to be the best and be better than anybody. Yeah. Which is... uh, Could breed some pretty narcissistic tendencies. Your 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 focal point is this mm-hmm. one thing. Like you're like, I need to throw this stick the furthest. And you focus right. on it for like ten years of your life. So the whole thing is not mentally healthy. So what they try to what they try to focus right. on is mental wellness. So how can they sort of compartmentalize um these parts of their lives and then still live healthily outside of this? So they're also, alongside the the mental wellness, is mental preparedness, which essentially they're envisioning a lot of what they're having to do. So, for instance, they were talking about the difference between, so different different skills, because there's different kinds of, you know, skills within the Olympics themselves. So like let's see like 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 shooting a gun. So like in the biathlon where you're you're skiing, right? which is a cardiovascular activity, and then you're shooting. It's such a strange... eh? Like, it's just like the... Like skiing and then like... Those crazy Scandinavians. That's... (laughs) (laughs) It's just... It's a great sport. I mean, it's it's really cool to watch, and I mean... It's the Yeah, how do you... He's How do you that. you know do what I mean? Thing, like you're saying, it's cardio, and then it's like... It's also precision. Extreme oh. for his, Yeah. It's, and then, yeah, and then you've got to basically, like, slow everything down yeah. because you've got to shoot shoot these so targets, right? So that particular, like, like, that's kind of the perfect sport to, like, <clears throat> kind of compare the the two different having to... Or two different um, preparing uh, exercises, which is with the precision skill, they're, they're doing, like they're training in a way that they can control their heartbeat. So they're like, oh, they, wow. yeah, they do all these cardiovascular uh, exercises to teach themselves to slow down the beating of their heart because the, because the beating of their heart 
could potentially upset the precision of the like shooting you know if you're because it you literally oh, can hear everything yeah. and you're coming from skiing so you're like you're like out of breath your heart is racing and then they've literally trained themselves so they can slow down their heart rate so that they're what happens is they learn to shoot squeeze the trigger between heartbeats wow so that's something they're like practicing but you know, whether it's not, whether they're just like they do it in a pool or they do it at like all these different exercises to slow it down and then be able to hear it and then be able to squeeze the trigger at that exact moment. So that, that would be an example of a precision skill. And then the endurance skill, which is they're just mentally visualizing it. You can prepare yourself for like any adverse circumstances. So they can, they can train physically, but to prepare mentally, they're doing a lot of visualizations like, okay, let's say my ski falls off. Like, let's see this happens. Like they're honestly just preparing themselves for if something goes wrong, how to mentally overcome that task. Wow. So yeah, it's really crazy. Like that's so the psychology behind just like preparing specifically for each skill is, is incredible. And, and um, as much, if not, you know, more work goes into the mental, the mental aspect of, these games because you're just need you need to be constantly in the right frame of mind you need to be calm collected like you're you're often working like 10 10 years towards this goal if not more yeah you know and it's your money it's your family's put a lot on the line and your country's supporting you it's it's really incredible so there's that also another thing that allows uh some of these things to be uh uh, allows an athlete to be as good as they are is age and not just right. physically um the thing about the old brain is that <laughs> our prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until we're, we're 27 so oh, wow yeah so you're pre the funk 27 27 so the function um of the the prefrontal cortex is is, is essentially to um model the future and just understand consequences so uh in in the event like so you're willing to put your body in harm's way um much more before you're 27 than you are after 27 so like these like these like 18 year old athletes are just unbelievable because they're the snowboarders doing these tricks the like to do a backflip gainer off of you know like it's like in like seven hundred feet in the air and shit. <laughs> right. They don't want to. Yeah. And they're like fifteen years. They don't want to do it when they're <laughs> tw- even twenty. Even like get going towards and um for the women as well, like a little bit more so for the women because our brains develop a little quicker and we start to understand consequence a little quicker. So like at like 25 years old these athletes are not willing to like put their body in harm's way the way that they were when they were 16 17 18 the skills without being able to control it your brain starts to understand the consequence um you know the repercussions of what would happen if something went wrong you go oh my god i could snap my neck and i'll never walk again and then you start to weigh risk and reward and it just right. doesn't add up and you can't make it fit. So your brain just won't let you do bad shit to yourself anymore. <laughs> That's interesting. But, right. <laughs> They're like, yeah. we're not doing yeah, so this it's, it's, it's more like the mental, like 
I always think of the youngins as just, you know, they're probably more physically fit, but actually it's also they're mentally uh, less. Yeah. Consequent. I get, yeah, like their mental age is younger and that's a benefit. It is. It is a benefit. It's an absolute benefit. And that's also why they send young boys to war because they'll oh, yeah. stand on the front lines and protect something. They, they don't have fear of consequence. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter if I can die. I'm standing up for right. something. But as you get older, your brain and body stops allowing you to do those things because you're like, oh, my God, you start trying to protect, you know, inevitably what would be, you know, your family or your what you've built. or So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. And they, sorry, right, just right. on the war thing that I mean, the Olympics is kind of our in theory is kind of our, our uh, new w- way of waging war against countries. It is. A yeah. Theoretical better way. Because mm-hmm, we're competing yeah. against, you know, countries and then like all the politics and stuff gets involved, unfortunately. But it is supposed to be bringing people together rather than let's shoot each other. And Yeah, it's super important for countries to, um, you know, yeah. bring in those. Yeah, medals. there's there's actually like some pretty heavy consequences for, for other countries if they're not bringing in the medals. They're, um, yeah, 100%. They're working at they a are, camp. Let's they're literally honest. like, Sorry, they do get know. like there's punishment to it so it's it's pretty crazy Uh, yeah that's pretty crazy it's funny you talk about the mental sort of aspect of it because right now with the social media stuff and the whole there's a couple of americans who have switched to the chinese team (gasps) yeah what's going on they're getting there's getting they're getting a lot of the one the figure skater unfortunately because she's not done very well i think is getting a shit ton of really really negative things on social media which i yeah i would not be able to handle so she switched from the american team to the chinese team but obviously pre-olympics like yeah i don't know if she ever was on the american either of them one's uh her she's a, a big air Okay. And she's done very, very well. But yeah, she's born and, and raised in California, um, but has Chinese ancestry. I guess like her mother is from Beijing, I think. So Yeah, there's um, a lot of Canadians that are doing that too, right? For the uh, the Chinese hockey team. Right. The goalie, the, right? Yeah. And the two brothers too. Yeah, the, the goalie is at least brothers, one. And I'm yeah. pretty sure they were just raised in Kelowna. There's at least one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so. And this happens... But that's very, yeah. this is common. This happens all the time. Like, if you don't get on a team of maybe, like, where you were born or whatever, if your parents were born somewhere else, you can join that country's team. That's, well, that's That yeah. happens all the time. It's just, um, like, this. I think with the U.S. and China. Yeah, that's a whole climate. other aspect. And that's a whole other aspect that shouldn't really have to be, yeah. you shouldn't, as an athlete, have to be dealing with. One could argue, on top of all the pressure. One could argue, like, with a lot of stuff, like, you know, like, even with, like, celebrities and, like, young actors making movies, it's just, like, they want to be an actor, not um, be called a slut 17 times a day. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's yeah. like, this odd aspect to, like, so connected that we can now just tell anyone we want what we feel about them. Yeah. And yeah. it's wild. Like, yeah, there, so you're right. There's got to be some sort of preparation that happens for that as well. And I, that's beyond sports psychology. Like, that's not something that, like, a sports psychologist talks to you about 
how to prepare mentally for the task you've been given. But yeah. you'd have to talk to like a you'd only I bet you now there's a division that deals specifically with social media. Like I bet yeah, you there probably. is social media therapy. Like because it is so I do know one of the um American the guy that just did figure skating and he won first, I think. I think his name is Michael something. Um he also has uh Chinese ancestry, but he decided to compete for the Americans. And he has said like he's just not doing like he just ignores social media while he's over there he's like that's it's not something that you should almost not even have a phone smart like over there you know what i mean like you're so you should be in like in the olympic village bubble yeah yeah honestly yeah i was re i was listening to this podcast um because you know how i love my figure skating (laughs) yes so i was listening to um tessa virtue oh yeah yeah who is the one part of the virtue more, you know, the Paris skaters. And she said that in Vancouver, she had her own, she had a phone, like a burner phone that only like close family members knew the number to. And That's she got rid of her phone. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. because she, and I mean, social media wasn't as crazy in 2010 and it wasn't just that it's, she didn't want people like contacting her. Like she really couldn't do like anything. Yeah. Well, well you are. Like she couldn't talk to anyone on the outside, so like her mom had her phone. That's number. <laughs> that's great because it's honestly like the only my only concern about not having a phone truly would be to not be able to like if something happened, nobody could notify me. That would be my right. concern. Like I want to know if right. So you need a phone. I mean, we're in that day and age. But like but a burner like, phone, um, that would be it. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. She's like, yeah, I, I disconnected my regular phone. And- very very cool. i thought that was yeah. cool anyway. uh hit a, maybe you can hit us up with a little history well we're instead of doing it this the history first we're actually gonna let lena go first with her pairing okay sweet yes because the history might we we correct yeah, we've decided the... we accidentally decided picked the same topic kind of so. oh <laughs> but that works really well so yeah. It does in this case. So I'm pairing the Olympics with the greatest movie released in 1993. <laughs> and one of the greatest Olympic movies of all time, Cool Runnings. Ned agreed. 1,000. Put me in, coach. Um. <laughs> and I recently, uh, it is on Disney Plus, so I did watch it the other day just to refresh myself. I've seen it a million times, but it had been a while and i really Dude, enjoyed it i again. love that movie it's around. so good it's like so yeah. uplifting it's shot in calgary it's oh my god yeah oh it's so and it good stands it's... up so that's, and actually, that's when... very exciting because a lot of movies from the 90s do not it does oh yeah no it totally stands up what's funny is i remember when Brittany and i were in um the uk yeah. and then we ripped over to amsterdam for a bit 18 years ago oh, was it really 20 years no 18 years ago oh my god i'm jumping off a bridge it would have been because we were 18 years old and we're 36 36 now uh, oh i don't like that and, idea uh, no. people were 18? damn i know it's horrible it's horrifying <laughs> and we'd be like they'd be like oh where are you from what's blah 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 and be like oh from calgary and uh they were like oh like cool runnings yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> everyone knew like the calgary olympics <laughs> and everyone knows this movie <laughs> Yeah, and it was a uh, maybe maybe give the synopsis of the movie. So um, it starts out with um, Doris Bannock, 
and this, so this is why I'm doing it first before Carla, because I'm going to tell you um, the there might be part. some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it maybe is not quite the same as what actually happened in real life. So he's a Jamaican sprinter mm-hmm. and he's training to qualify for the um, hundred meters in the summer Olympics of 1988. So that was the one year where the summer Olympics and the winter Olympics were in the same year. Right. So I think it was Seoul maybe was the summer Olympics in 88 and then Calgary of course was the winter Olympics right Right. so Doris is on his last qualifying um match race (laughs) match (laughs) he fails to qualify because another fellow runner Junior Bevel stumbles and knocks himself Doris and Yule Brenner. Yes, his name is Yule Brenner. <laughs> I don't know if that's true either. We're going to have to hear from Carla. <laughs> right. So to get into the um, Olympics, so Doris vents his frustrations to the president of the Jamaica Olympic Association. Um, and he spots a photograph in the office, which features his late father, Ben, standing next to fellow Olympic gold medal, medal winner, Irvin Blitzer, who is John Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Love John Candy. <laughs> oh my god. I can't I can't read all this, you guys. I mean, I think basically it's like the story of the Jamaican bobsled team joining the Winter Olympics for the first time, and John Candy is their coach, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, just it's just a movie about the Jamaican bobsled team. The Jamaicans never had a bobsled team because obviously it's Jamaica. And they put it together, and then they go for... I haven't seen the movie in a long time. And they go ride their cart down there. They decide to create a team kind of out of nothing because he wants to go to the Olympics. Right. Um, So they enlist, you know, Urban Blitzer, John Candy, who's like a... um, I think he's a bookie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was a bookie. (laughs) Yeah, he's like a bookie. He's like a drinker. He's kind of let himself go. Like people, He's just kind of a miserable dude. (laughs) And they... um, he becomes their coach and takes them to Calgary. Which is so funny. It's so yeah. funny when they show. It's just so like, it's it, it also just like Eddie the, uh, what was the? Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. A similar story to Eddie the That's Eagle. Right, yeah. Where it's like yeah. this person who's just maybe not prepared, doesn't come from like a long line of anybody. Like there's, the coaching isn't great. The like, it's just all like this one big, uh, I don't know. It cl- clusterfuck it's like a series of like happy accidents almost yeah (laughs) it really is like and it does have the um kind of the uh the bad guys which are the um east german team (laughs) the germans which is which is kind of funny that it's east germany like this was you know oh yeah before the fall of um the wall think of that yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they're the East Germans and make fun of them, and they're just the bullies. They're the bullies of the. We come from the right side of Germany. How do you know what's right and left? <laughs> you know, um, it's <laughs> no, dude. It's uh, yeah. I love that movie. There's so many like quotable phrases from that movie. Come on, yeah. coach, kiss my lucky yeah. egg. Um... <laughs> Sanka, you dead man. <laughs> I'm all right. Yes. I'm all right. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I'm yes. dead. I'm dead. Uh, I'm dead. Actually, that that wasn't. That doesn't. 
I, I don't think I'm quoting it properly, but well, that's all right. It's all just for fun. Um, yeah, dude, great pick. That's a fucking dynamite movie. I loved it so much. I, I can't wait to like go watch it again, especially now that the Olympics are on. Now I just want to go back and like yes. relive that era of my life also. And I'll wear yes. and Yeah, no, it's so good. Yeah. 93. 93. Those colors are all coming back too. Like the how people were dressing, like, you know, like everyone's in mm-hmm. windbreakers again. Everyone's in <laughs> It's like I miss the everyone's in sun ice jackets. Oh God, take me back! <laughs> <laughs> and our uh, our old uh, bar used to. I think it was in the film. That's um, right, Ranch. Yeah, they the... go for a night out. It's uh, and they do line dancing. The yeah, Jamaicans at, at Ranchmans at Ranchmans. Sorry, and they used to have the Jamaican bobsled there. Yeah, somebody yeah, stole it, it or was, something. Um, on display outside. Yes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was on display like outside the the bar. Kind of, it was like sticking out of the main part of the bar. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, someone took it. That was a few years ago. How do you take a bobsled? There, that was an inside job. Yeah, like yeah. how does no one notice that? <laughs> and then also, what are you going to do with it? Because everyone would be like, "Oh, that." Belongs to ranch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. like somebody you go into your buddy's basement. And you're like Jerry, that's not yours. You're like, where did you get that? That's from? the most famous bobsled of all time. You're a dirty thief. Yeah. All right, Carla. Maybe you could hit us up with some uh, history. All right. Well, the um, I think it was the director or the writer or somebody said of Cool Runnings, about one percent of the film is the truth, <laughs> and That's... they just wanted to make like a Disney film, you know, a, a light-hearted Disney film based. Yeah, feel-good film. See, this is why we did the movie before yeah. the history. So the actual story is that George Finch, who fit, yeah, Fitch, Fitch. Uh, who was the former attache for the American embassy in Kingston, so an American, was in Jamaica for a wedding, and he saw the country's annual push cart derby and thought that would work really well for bobsled. And he started to try to recruit people to get in into this. But a lot of the, the – so the Seoul Olympics thing – Many of the country sprinters were training for that. So they were not willing to kind of give that up because I think the the Summer Olympics would happen after the Winter Olympics, I believe. It would have been 88 summer and I think it would be like February 88 for the winter. Right, right, uh, right. But. Right. Well, wouldn't the winter have gone first? Yeah. So they oh, in that year. Sorry. Yeah. yeah so they, they would have had to the give up their. Before. Yeah. They would have had to give up their training for the Summer Olympics to be able to enter this. So they didn't have a lot of people interested, obviously. Uh, but they did find two of mi- the military's top runners, Mike White and Devin Harris, uh, who were recruited, along with a helicopter pilot, Dudley Stokes. And he was going to be the driver of the bobsled. Oh. So. Fitch actually used... So is he like the Doris of the movie? I guess so-ish. I'm In not sure <laughs> it translates very well. Um, right. Yeah, it, it sounds like... like it doesn't translate at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fitch used his own money to train the team. Uh, and he added two more team members. Uh, and then also an American bobsled athlete, Howard Siller, as coach. So, you know, it was a former athlete that 
was coaching them, I guess, so sort of similar in that. Uh, they went to Austria to take part in the World Cup race in order to qualify for Calgary. But the IOC, so the International, what is it, International Olympic Committee? Yep. Which yep. is run by <laughs> who's the guy? Dick Pound. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's his real name. Yeah. Oh, Dick that's Pound. a name. That is a yeah. wouldn't that is Richard Pound. Wouldn't you just go Rich? Hey, just call me Rich. Yeah. Just yeah, Rich Pound. Oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> great either. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they this, his parents were fucked. <laughs> the ISC tried to disqualify them before the Olympics. Because I think they really, you know, it was sort of thought, so similar to the Eddie the Eagle thing, you know, this is not elite champions running. Yeah, and they yeah. don't want it really um, to be made a spectacle of. Yeah, like they don't want it kind of being a joke almost. Yeah. Uh, but, but various people, including Prince Albert of Monaco, championed their participation, so they let them enter. The original plan was actually only to do the two-man competition. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but uh, Stokes and White actually beat out 10 other teams and they placed 30th. So they did so well that they thought uh, they would try the four man race in a few days. In a few days. They did not. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that kind of, I guess, sort of in the film in that they, does their sled get broken or something? um yeah they don't have like a proper sled so they right. borrow one. like in the movie they yeah. they uh, borrow one and it's like old and busted and that's right uh so that's they, why they crash in the movie right okay so they didn't have a four-man uh sled they only had the two men but they the team actually sold t-shirts and raised money and they bought one from the canadian team they added. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so they added Devin Harris, who had been originally training with them as well, and last-minute replacement Chris Stokes, who Chris is the brother of uh, Dudley Stokes, who was uh, the pilot. Uh, he okay, was just yeah. in the Olymp. He was just in Calgary to watch his brother, and so he actually was uh, joined for the four-man team. So it does sound a little like haphazard-ish. Right to be just creating yeah. it and not have trained for the fourth. Um, so unfortunately, they did uh, at on their third of four runs, they did crash. Uh, they struck a wall, which is in the movie. Yeah, they flipped <laughs> the sled. Um, they, I think, in the, you said that in the film it was because of a broken sled. Um, but this was yeah, like their old sled, like it kind of fell apart. Like yeah, but uh, the crash was likely due to excess speed and driver inexperience, which is very that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they unfortunately only uh, received a did not finish result, and the pair finished. But oh, sorry, the pair, so the doubles did finish thirty first place. Um. So yeah, then in 1993, this film came out with John Candy, and. Uh, you know, the film was mostly fictional. The egg thing, the qualification process, the names obviously are all different. Uh, right. But yeah. since then, Jamaica has been in six winter games, not counting this one, I think, in in the bobsled since. Uh, in 1988, sorry, 1998 was the last time that a four-man sled from Jamaica qualified. 
but the two men has completed competed in 1992 1994 1998 2002 and 2014 wow in 2018 Pyeongchang featured the first female team um and as Lena and I watched last night they also had a female enter the monobob <laughs> the yes. monobob so, yeah uh, Dudley and Devin uh, went on to become public speakers, and Chris Stokes, the sort of accidental fourth pl- uh, fourth member of the team, is now the president of the Jamaican Bobsled Team Federation. But this year, excitingly, 2022 will be the first time in 24 years that the four-man team from Jamaica has qualified. So, wow, yeah, all right, this, this is a big, this is another big year for big them. Thing. Holy smokes. Which, uh, you know, having the movie on this weekend. So it's on this weekend. I believe it's, I think the, I think the final will be on Saturday. Dude, this is the thing. It's so fun. Like next. Yeah. Cause yeah, it'll be over soon. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's one of those, it's kind of like curling and hockey that it's, um, those are the final days of this. Right. Yeah. 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 It's cause I think it's the, it's like the biggest, Let me you just, know, like they say, the big events for like the last thing. Exactly. So the four-man team will start. Uh, this podcast is coming out on Thursday on the 18th. So the next day, the four-man will start. And then I believe the four-man finishes on the Saturday, February 19th. So check it out. Check, check. Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. Dude. And um, yeah, and I guess the Olympics is over on the Sunday, right? Yeah. Closing yeah. ceremonies and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. It happens pretty quickly. Like, I always feel that way about things where you're like, oh, yeah, it lasts forever, and then it's just over, and you're like... Because it is, like, a two weeks long, the Olympics, I guess, right? I feel like you miss the first, like, yeah. four days, though, because... You know, nothing's happening well, or something. Nothing's happening. Yeah, and you or... kind of forget about it. You're and not you're sure just... how to watch anything. Oh, one thing I did want to mention, because you guys also mentioned the um, Eddie Vedder... Ed, sorry, Eddie Vedder. Eddie, Vedder. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> uh, so they did bring in... so Because it does feel like in 1998, or 1988, they had a couple of people in there that were maybe not as... Not the elites, right? So they brought in the Eddie the Eagle rule, oh. which meant that uh, Olympic hopefuls had to compete in international events and be placed in the top 30 or the top 50 competitors. That makes sense. So you couldn't just... Did you guys hear about the... Um, well, this I think this was in Pyeongchang. There was... <laughs> and this lady, I wish I had the information here. She um she went in the half pipe as a skier. Okay. Right. But she was like terrible she was like if i went into the half pipe as a skier she just went like like up and down the sides and was just coasting around and people were like okay this is why you need that rule (laughs) yeah because she did all the things to get herself there i mean so there was obviously a loophole right I was rooting for her. I mean, she was terrible. But... <laughs> You're just like, what is she doing? I was like, good for you. Like, it was probably on her bucket list to like be in the Olympics, <laughs> right? Which is, you know, what's such a shame though, because it is like it, these people like raising the money, striving to be there, this and this, and then somebody's just like, dad had enough money to make this dream happen. Exactly. She was obviously like independently wealthy, or her family was, and she just got into the Olympics, and they didn't even show it. It was like so embarrassing. You're just like, they like cut cut it out because she wasn't doing it she wasn't doing any tricks or anything did you happen to see she basically went straight down the half pipe 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, good for you. I mean, she got she got there. Because she, she's rich, whatever. Um, did she? Did you guys see the snowboarder cross where the uh, uh, the other one of the other athletes landed on the head of the Canadian <gasps> athlete? No. It was pretty oh crazy. God. So it's the cross, right? So it's like they're um they're basically like running the track. It's a bit dicey. Yeah, it's a bit dicey. Right. It's like pretty slickery. And then so she uh they basically the fourth uh like there was third third and fourth place in the race and the fourth place person landed on the Canadian's head who was in third place. Oh. And but oh. they she was all right. They're, you know, wearing helmets and stuff. Everything was okay. But they both fell down, right. but because it's the cross there's like and you're not on skis like on skis you could like get going but she's on they're on yeah. snowboard so they basically had to like crawl up the jump oh i get did to the top of the jump yeah, and then like keep right. going and then keep going yeah. oh yeah but she did win a uh bronze a bronze medal so um in in the cross nice yeah um i do have the information now on that lady uh, her name was Elizabeth Swanee, and she was born and raised in the united states but she was representing hungary Oh my god. Um, and she, right, because she never would have made it on uh, in the American, yeah, and, on the American uh, team. So she only started skiing at the age of twenty-five. Uh, she <laughs> had actually <laughs> run against. I love her, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the California race for governor. Oh god! Uh, oh my god! This lady is like living a bucketless life. I know it's very interesting, and she raised funds through online donations to get her to the Olympics. Um and apparently just managed to qualify because she just did a ton of uh competitions to like she just attended a time. That's right. So. Yeah. So she did she did everything she had to. Yeah. But to qualify the Olympics, but she sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hilarious to me. I love that. Yeah, very interesting. Should we move on to the drink? The drink. Let's get it in us. Um Lena's doing it this week. We are doing Gatorade, because don't be a haterade. Be a Gatorade. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta be hydrated, everyone. Yeah. Is there any weird or interesting history? I've heard that there's um a lot of like Olympic athletes because they like they have bad teeth because of like all the Gatorade. Oh. And also, you know, when you're doing like sports and you like, or you have to really concentrate, you like grind your teeth or clench. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I've heard that they actually kind of have really fucked up teeth. They're just grinding. Yeah, they're just grinding them down. Well, and you're just chugging Gatorade all day. Like, yeah. I mean, smashing. So it's not great for you. No, it's not, I mean, so yes, there's electrolytes the, in it. What's the story with Gatorade? What's the? How did it become so like synonymous with the sports drink thing? It was first developed in 1965 by a team of researchers led by Dr. Robert Cade. Um, and it was originally made for the Gators at the University of Florida to replenish um, carbohydrates um, and electrolytes and stuff. So the it's, Gators are, a fo- are they a fo- football? American yeah, football team? Yeah, American football team at the University of Florida. But that's funny. I did not know that's why it's called Gatorade. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so it was to replenish... Um, Carbs and electrolytes after um, that you lose in sweat from vigorous, uh, rigorous, sorry, activity. Um, it was introduced in '65. Wow, 1965. Yeah, that's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Which is pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a pretty like sugary drink. It's full. It's 
full of sugar. Like, it's not that good for you. Like, if you're not an athlete, like, drinking Gatorade, there's still, like, 300 calories in a regular <laughs> bottle of Gatorade. Yeah, they're not bad. So, like, if you're just drinking it and sitting on the couch, it's really not It's You might as well drink a pop, right? Yeah. Um, and also, I was just looking. It's It looks like the, like, the first initial, like, mixture was just water, sodium, sugar, uh, potassium, phosphate, and lemon juice. So, Lena, your favorite color was actually the lemon was the original one. Oh, I love the lemon one. It, yeah. And the uh, they tested. I mean, it, it's so tasty. It'll sorry, it'll bring ahead. you back from the, it'll <laughs> bring you back from the hollows of hell. That lemon Gatorade. It will. It will bring you back to life. Uh, the, I, forget apparent, the blue one. Forget I, it. Apparently, it also kind of came from the fact that this these people were having a conversation at um, about the Florida Gators or whatever about why they don't go to the bathroom during a game. Yeah, for football. Um, and it was because yeah, they're because they had sweated so much that they wouldn't have to go to the bathroom, right? Like all you lose all your fluids, basically. Right, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, and people weren't during the sixties. Apparently, they weren't supposed to be drinking water during practices and stuff because people thought that it would make them sluggish. Oh, it's um, just so- I know, like, there's a lot of that's my so husband's weird. a runner, and he's there's a lot of training to do with how much water you drink during your running because you won't have access. You don't want to run with a water bottle. Yeah, that's and right. And often you won't have access to water. So, yeah, it's interesting that I guess it was kind of the same Yeah, back well, in the day until this yeah, came out. Yeah. Until the, and then they were like, hydrate. Well, this like hydrate, hydrate, hydrate thing, like you need to drink this 94 cups of water a day. This yeah. is new. This is not like that was like when we were kids like they were never like sent to just like we didn't get sent to school with water bottles or like and no. now like my nieces and nephew always like no they the the teachers want them to have waters at their desk and like oh wow like you like i mean you'd like halfway through the day like ask to go to the water fountain and then the teacher would just be like no and you'd be like okay yeah. and then you'd be like i have to go to the bathroom and they'd be like fine and then you'd go get a drink of water and come back like it was so yeah. like I don't know that. I, and that was just to waste time. It was just to waste yeah. time. I was never that thirsty. You didn't need any of that. You didn't need to go to the bathroom or have No, any I water. wasn't thirsty yeah. or needed to pee. I just was like. You just wanted to get out of the I class. Like, I hate this. Um, oh, so I found that. Uh, so it was the. Um, so they introduced this. Uh, they introduced Gatorade, like Lena said, in 1965. And they were doing it, running it during practice. And then um, they basically were like, they won their first Orange Bowl over Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets in 1967. And they they asked right. them what the difference was, and they said it was the Gatorade. <laughs> Interesting. And, then, oh, and that's like perfect marketing. Yeah. Yeah, so they were basically like, and then they lost a thing, and they couldn't, and they ha- they lost something the following year, and they weren't allowed to bring the Gatorade on the field or something. They said, it's because we didn't oh. have our Gatorade. So they, <laughs> they're like, right. we were drinking Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like what it was. It was a marketing play. It's now owned by PepsiCo, though. Like, so it's like, I mean, it's, right. it's come... Yeah long since but i wonder i wonder if that original like makers have the rights to any of that now like because i'm yeah, sure I they wonder. don't probably because it's a apparently it's an 18 billion dollar in annual sales good god oh here we go yeah. the quaker um uh, the quaker oats company purchased gatorade in 1983 for 22 million uh, 220 million dollars uh oh. following a war with pillsbury um and then <laughs> in 2001 from quaker oats uh pepsico acquired gatorade's parent company 
um, for $13 billion. Mm. So it, God, I wish I invented that sweet dream. Yeah, no, no. yeah I could use $13 billion. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can I actually have 14 or 12? I'm weird with numbers. They're like... <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think too it, it it was involved in the you know the be like Mike. Um, That's with right, Michael Jordan. Yes. So, I mean, it's really yeah, it's a, a, a marketing behemoth. We obviously drink Gatorade for hangovers. Yeah, which um, is very helpful, honestly. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, but it is funny. I think Lena sent we'll try to post it. I think some tweet about um, you know how it's it's for these elite athletes and then people who are just hung over after yeah. having a messy night like, out. Yeah. Just like, it's for like elite athletes and then pieces of and then drunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they also have like different, so the, another thing too is they do uh, a thing that's like in different regions you can get different flavors so that also is a marketing ploy oh. because you can like, oh like so Brazil has a pineapple flavor um, right. Australia has Arctic f- of arctic freeze and wild water rush um oh yeah so there's probably just blue gator it's probably just blue yeah <laughs> it's so funny because it's like so oh blueberry is only available in colombia um yeah oh. so they're, they're they're like marketing geniuses really yeah that's interesting yeah this is never gonna go away pretty cool and I mean, they, uh, I mean, they're all over the, um, sponsorship for all sorts of sports. I think they're in obviously Super Bowl. I think they're a big part. Of... Yeah. They're really big. in yeah. With football because of, well, yeah, I guess well, that's where it started. Cameras. That's really interesting that I didn't, I did not know that it was, um, yeah, it was kind of invented. for. I, I had no idea. It was because of the, um, the university of Florida. Like, that's what it was named after. I had no clue. Um, I like to mix it with Red Bull and vodka also. <laughs> I used, my dad invented yeah. this drink with blue Gatorade, uh, Red Bull and vodka. And it's just my mom's always like, you can't drink that. That's insane. <laughs> uh, but it's actually the, yeah. I'm going to call it the Kenter, the Kenterade. <laughs> He'll be so pleased. Um, is, this, is this for morning after or this is just a regular No, this drink? is to get your party started. This is the beginning of the night. All this right, is like five o'clock right. on a Friday. Well, that'll fire it up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you've had well, a maybe, hydrating. That's you've good. been at work all day long. You get home, you make yourself, uh, uh, and he puts it in like a, uh, he shakes like the Gatorade and the vodka and then pours it over ice and then he adds the red bull to the top of it it's got a cool color too it's kind of got like a greenish blue color yeah pretty neat drink so uh this is the part of podcast where we just invent drinks uh yeah (laughs) that one the kenter but yeah and apparently you can bet so uh the super bowl is on today because we're recording on sunday february 13th uh, and so you can bet on what color of Gatorade gets dumped on the coach. Oh, okay, so let's do one now. Uh, okay. I'm gonna say okay. Um, so we've got uh, we've got the lot we've got the L.A. Rams. <laughs> yep. Versus and the and the Bengals and the, and the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go for uh, L.A. on this one. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go L.A. Gonna go on LA this wins. one too. Um. All right. I'll go I'll... Bengals just because I like like a little competition. Look at. Yep. No, I just like the cat. Oh, you like Bengal tigers? <laughs> um, no, there's a Bengal cool cat, <laughs> and well, you can walk them. Cat. Our our old landlords have one. Yeah, they take it for walks. They're very cute. cute. Anyways, 
Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to say yellow. Yellow? Okay. I'm going to go blue because it's my favorite color. Damn it, I was going to go yellow too. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to. That's fine, you can go yellow. I'm going to do clear. Okay. All right, so we'll see. We'll we'll let you know next week. (laughs) And we don't know what we win, but we're we're betting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. All right, is that us? Uh, Yeah. That's us. Well, That's awesome. My, you guys, well, uh, we hope you are enjoying the Winter Olympics. Don't forget to catch the Jamaican bobsled team uh, on mm-hmm. Saturday, I believe it is. And, uh, yeah. Don't forget to laugh at the uh, two-man luge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't forget to make jokes about the two men laying Which on each really other. Which is really funny. Yeah. No, they're great. Sliding, sliding down a hill. Weird. Yeah. Um, don't, it's just very, it's a very strange sport. Don't forget to watch Cool Runnings. Yeah, and, and uh, Eddie the Eagle, which Plus. is an amazing film. Yeah, watch Eddie the Eagle, Eagle too, because that's a great movie. Which so I think good. actually we've it's covered perfect. in another episode as well. I think we have talked about it. Yeah. Um. All right. Is, yeah, that is good. All right, you guys. Well, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, check out if you like what we do here, and um, you want a little bit more content. We have a Patreon, and uh, we're doing a. A uh, new series on the Patreon. Uh, we're covering sort of foreign holidays, so we're learning all about different things. Um, we've done, we've covered Robbie Burns Day. We're going to do Carnival, uh, and and uh, suggest something if if you'd like to hear that on the Patreon. And you can listen if you go over to our website at www.lifepairingspodcast. And there's a little Patreon button in the corner. Uh, you can hit that, and there's different levels uh, that gets you different um, amounts of content. Uh, and That's right. The Beer League is starts at three dollars Canadian a month. You get bonus monthly bonus episode. You've got the cocktail hour, uh, which is at seven dollars, and you get a bonus episode and a little. We do a little mini episode as well uh, once a month at Wine Club. Uh, Thirteen fifty per month. You get all of those plus some merch, yeah. which we're going to be having new merch with our new logo. Yes, uh, designed all by right. uh, past guest and hopefully future always guest uh, Victoria Banner. So Who we love. Um, yeah. Awesome, you guys. Well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we hope you are uh, staying safe out there, watching the Olympics, having fun with your families. We love you. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys.